Hey, James, check out my new shoes. Oh, nice one, man. Great colors on you. They're kind of beat up, though. What have you been doing in these? Oh, I just got them from the op shop, so they're a little bit pre-loved. Yeah, but the soles are coming away from the shoes, man. What op shop did you get these from? It's a new one at the end of the street. I, I couldn't believe it. It's such a score. Walt, at the end of our street, it's Parkland. I saw it this morning. Yeah, yeah. This this was like a, a pop-up market stall kind of thing. Very bohemian. Just one guy and a few well-loved things he'd collected from around town. Cash only. That sort of thing. Oh, God. And he was just at the end of the street. What was the shop called? Didn't actually have a sign now I think of it. Just trying to remember. No, no, there was a shopping trolley, a tent, and Tom, he was the seller, and yeah, that was it. Definitely no sign. So, just to clarify, you went to the end of your street, which is Parkland, saw a man you've never met before selling an old pair of shoes, cash only, no sign, nothing at all to indicate you were at an op shop, just a shopping trolley in a tent, and you thought, yep, bohemian market stall, I'm going to treat myself to some new shoes. Yeah, yeah, I did do that. All right, fine. You're not surprised? You're not disappointed in me? No. After you stole a mango, planted it in the Coles fruit section, declared it your own country, made a flag and a currency, this is pretty much the most normal thing you've done this week. end of that last line there <laughs> you uh, you are the type of person to like you know remove all the watermelons and just like start digging a hole and just be like this is mine now <laughs> it's reminding me of a fucking amazing um super Wog video on youtube where he's with his like the guy's always playing his dad i think it's actually his brother or something his friend or whatever and he's like he's got like a little hammer and he's like he's like banging on the on the watermelon he's like it sounds good and his, his, son, his son's like okay dad like can you stop doing that and he goes like a little hammer gouges out a corner and goes it's good eat it <laughs> he's at the supermarket i've been shopping with you before yes. that's basically it <laughs> Welcome to the Get Commanded podcast. It's the GCP brought to you by POG, Palms Off Gaming, sponsor of this podcast. We're all uniting forces to help you to have better games of Commander. I'm your host, Walt. And hello, Commander players. I'm your other host, James. Now, before we get to the transmission this week, I did want to remind everyone that's listening, if you do like the stuff that Walt and I do and want us to keep making it in 2024 and beyond, mm -hmm. uh, the best way to do it is supporting us directly on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Podcast. There's some sick benefits and you know all this stuff already. Yeah. You like us. If you want to hit support, do that. We'll appreciate you. Makes a big difference to us and we would very much appreciate it but we do have an incoming transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy from the space commanders it's time to get commanded new magic the gathering players are increasingly learning the game through the commander format but this play environment may not be most conducive to learning some leveling up may be required first.
new players episode. Yeah. I like it. Well, we're, we've taught a lot of new people how to play Commander and how to get into the format. We have. We've done this a lot. Because we, we, we came from the Greensboro Commander community, which mm-hmm. is the Discord that we point everyone to. That's where we like, that's our local game store. That's our like main play group. Yep. And we were like one of the first couple of people to like kick it off and get it started. Yeah. And a big part of that was bringing new players in. Yeah. We, especially when that group was just getting started, we introduced a lot of people to mm. the game sat down with a lot of people for their some of their first bits of magic ever um with commander uh it's interesting i think though that well the space commander said that it might not be the best way to start yeah so i guess they want us to outline where you should start a new player at mm. right because they're saying like look commander's really popular people are starting there understandable um but maybe it's not most conducive to learning. I think I might have already said this on the podcast in the past. I think I've I feel actually, like we maybe have both said this before. Yeah, because I I would agree. Commander is... I mean, we talked about it in the negative episode a couple of episodes ago. Mm. We talked about how Commander is just the largest card pool. Yeah. The most amount of variance. Mm. It's singleton. It's also got the most amount of legal cards in it. So yeah. you need to know the most. You've also got four, three opponents, not one. It's, it's, it's a big, big difference of a format. Yeah. And it's it's vastly more complicated than sixty card, and it's it's overwhelming to mm. start there. And look, <laughs> I think I I agree with the space commanders mostly because I did this wrong myself. Uh, I'll go into how, <laughs> but basically, like I so my story of playing Magic for those who who may not know, um, I was playing Magic when I was like five or six years old uh, for a few years on and off for pretty much until. Uh, I got properly into it around 2020. And for the record, we didn't know each other then. No, no. I was playing in my primary school. I was playing with my brother a lot. Mm -hmm. um, And I had a bunch of old cards. We didn't know half the rules. We never went to a game store ever. We only played kitchen table or with friends. Uh, I never owned a standard deck. I, we, I bought a pre-constructed deck, or my family brought a pre-constructed deck for me uh, around the Onslaught set. Mm. So I had like a... Muscle Burst was a mechanic. Yeah, that was one <laughs> of them. Um, I had a, a set of these cards that sort of worked with each other. And like, yeah, that, that was a way that I played. But mostly we played Magic by just shuffling together like I would take every green card that I owned and enough basic forests and we would shuffle and then I would play that against my brother who would take every red card we owned and shuffle it and that would be how we would play. Um, so I did get very used to shuffling huge numbers of cards, which was great setup for, for me playing Commander. Commander. Deck. Yeah, that's good. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was not a very structured environment. I was playing with cards from a lot of different sets. There were a lot of mechanics yeah. represented on those sets. The most kitchen table, kitchen table kids playing kitchen table. You could possibly kitchen table. Yes. Um, and it <laughs> meant though that when we started playing Commander in 2020, we were locked down in the same house, yeah. and and um, you had just bought a couple of precons and well, um, that's, I. When yeah, th- this is probably a good little get commanded origin story as well because when I came into the share house, mm-hmm. I had just started playing standard and drafting. Yeah, and I had just like as I entered the house, just heard about commander. Yeah, so I kind of came in with this like idea, and then when we went into lockdown and we all got trapped inside our homes. I was like, hey, this would be a good way to pass the time if we all got into this multiplayer way of playing Magic. There were four of us who were in the house most of the time and all of us owned Magic cards. So it kind of just made sense. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I had not really spent any amount of time playing 60 card Magic. 
um, playing like 1v1 magic that was structured and tournament based in any way. Like, just, you know, like. Yep, no li- limited, no anything. No, no, I'd never drafted before any of that. And so <laughs> I was a pretty bad magic player trying to learn a very, very complicated format. Yeah. And basically, what I'm going to say here so the, the Space Command has talked about leveling up. I think I started at too high of a level. I reckon you basically just hit the skip tutorial button. Yep. Yeah, yep. you just went out and got it. I, I've I've played first person shooters before. I yep. can I can bumble my way through this. So straight up, we'll, we'll go into the the level structure in a sec. But I started at level three when I really needed to go back, even though I played some magic before, and start at level one mm. again to learn just some of the ways in which competitive magic is played because it makes you a better magic player. And basically, the long story, the sh- long and the short of it is that I ended up having to go back to these levels yep. anyway when I started playing Pauper, but we'll go into that in a sec. But yeah, basically, it's important to play through those low levels because they prepare you for the high levels. And I guess uh, maybe some of our regular listeners who already are good commander players might be going, oh, maybe this isn't the episode for me. Mm -hmm. But I know for a fact that a lot of our regular listeners are people that want to get more people into Commander. Yes. I think this is something that our listeners are very different from other content creators, is that we are very pioneering and trying to like get people into the format and show people the great things about it. Mm. So if you are a regular listener and you're already playing Commander, you've already got two, three, four, seven years under your belt, maybe this is the episode for you as well because we'll tell you how to get your friends into Commander. Yeah. This is like the guide to get them hooked on commander yeah this feels really like manipulative yeah (laughs) it feels like we're trying to get them hooked on something horrible (laughs) it's true and look also you know there might be some of you out there like me who should have played through the low levels so even just knowing what the low levels are if you're if you're listening to this through and you're ticking all the boxes maybe you're set but you might listen to a few steps here and go like actually maybe i should go back and and play through Mm. that level again well Um, should we start at the tutorial yeah one let's start at level one i i think the 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 general term i'm going to use for level one is just learning magic Yes, because obviously it all works. It's a game itself. We play yeah. lots of different formats. We play lots of different cards and mechanics. But for first and foremost, you have to understand the game itself. So let's say you're starting from absolute scratch. You want to learn how to play Magic. You've never played it before. I think level 1.1 is Magic the Gathering Arena. I have pointed so many people to Arena just because the tutorial is so, is good. so good at explaining how land tap for mana which is the resource you use to cast spells yeah and also like you have to play through each color Mm. and it tells you it shows you basically through gameplay what the colors are good at what they're not so good at it's a really good like little you know like you're going to a gelato shop and you're like oh i'm not sure can i have a spoon of that one can i have a spoon of that spoon of that spoon of that by the time you've had a spoon of everything you might go like oh actually i think i like these two flavors the best Mm. and the uh, arena tutorial is very good at giving you a little taste of all the colors and going all right which one's your favorite and then if you really like that go listen to our color philosophy episodes (laughs) There you go. There's the next level from Color Philosophy. It's true. But yeah, I totally agree. The Arena tutorial is great. And then you, even once you've completed the tutorial, you get a bunch of starter decks on Arena. Yeah. And you can immediately jump into Constructed Magic. You can go and play Standard. Yeah. Yeah. It, It starts you with perfectly serviceable... Um, standard decks they're not like breaking the meta or anything no but you'll be starting playing again like the 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 ai that puts you or the the level matching 
thing. Yeah, the we'll algorithm. You, yeah, the algorithm. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. We'll match you with other players that have just started. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. You'll you'll be at a pretty level playing field, and you'll be using decks that are sort of built for people like you. The other great thing that Arena does, it doesn't let you do things that you can't do. No, yeah. If you if you you know if someone um, goes to cast something and you're trying to pull that sorcery out of your hand, it just stays in your hand. And you're like, why isn't this working? Yeah. Why isn't it working? And then you read the card, and oh, it explains the card. Yes. <laughs> no, Arena's very good at that. It puts stops on all of the tells you which phase of the turn you're in tells you what you're up to taps your lands for you can go be to your detriment sometimes the arena to auto tapper yeah, is always good can suck my anyway <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's say you've started with arena you've played through the tutorial you've had a bit of a taste but you really want to play paper magic with mm-hmm. your friends or maybe you know you're bringing your friend in you want to get them into paper magic i think level 1.2 is the starter decks not at this point talking about the starter commander decks we'll talk about those later mm. these are the decks where you can walk into a local game store go up to the counter and say hey I'm, i want to learn how to play magic the gathering every store that stocks wizards product should have copies of of these starter decks they're just they're free yeah they give out for free we've actually the greensburg commander community if you're local and want to come play we've got them on hand yep. as well to teach um but they basically just have one color of cards they are very simplified in terms of the mechanics that they use they won't really go beyond stuff like flying and lifelink trample haste is in there yep. like the really important ones the all evergreen the mechanics. evergreen keywords yeah. yeah but it's not going to throw you in and be like okay bargain <laughs> mm. <laughs> from wilds of eldraine you know <laughs> you won't have to be contending with any of that cumulative upkeep yeah phasing <laughs> Banding. <laughs> that, that would just be the starter decks from 1998, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Garfield being like, come play this yeah. incredibly complicated game. All cards in play are discarded. Oh, silly God. way to phrase things back then. But, but we actually have like had some experience with this. We actually um, had one of your friends from your Rocket League era, um, <laughs> Apple. We yeah. got him some starter decks and played some like open hand games with him open hand worked really well i was not originally going to go that way and then you were like what if we play open hand and it worked out really well because it's like it lets you it gives you such a free opportunity to ask questions where he's Mm. like okay like can i cast this or this and it was like okay that's an aura you need to have a creature before you can put that aura on a creature yeah it's really good for just like learning opportunities and stuff it was fun it was really fun the starter commander decks are fun the the starter not commander decks the Starter Magic decks. Starter Magic decks, ones. not Commander decks. But PAX, like the convention, had like a learn to play magic space. I like it. And I actually think that Wizards are starting to try and push this learn to play stuff at a lot of conventions. Mm. I know we, there's CanCon coming up in January next year. In Canberra, in yeah. In Canberra, and, and they're going to have a learn to play space. So mm. um, I think that the if you're going to a convention, seek out the learn to play things. Yeah. Because they'll have magic judges that'll teach you how to play and do these open hand games. And they'll be surround you'll be surrounded by other people learning the game. And honestly mm. that can be good because it <laughs> one of the most disheartening things you can do upon first learning to play magic is play against people who are probably convincing you to come play with them, but who are much, much better than you by virtue of how long they've been playing, and you'll just lose a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so it can be good as starters. Like obviously you want some people experienced on hand, but starter commander decks are very good for being like, okay, let's play, you know, some very simple magic and and just learn the rules together and have fun. I do think there's like a level 1.3 after you've got these starter decks mm-hmm. um, that you could look at starting, and I actually probably would encourage this, with a 60 card constructed format like standard, for example, mm. or maybe even pauper as well. Like I think that like these formats 
teach you how magic works mechanically, but also allows you to learn in an environment where it's just 1v1. Yeah. Because I think the 1v1v1v1 is one of the most overwhelming things about Commander. Mm. And I think playing standard or even maybe going and learning how to draft and doing that yeah. kind of stuff, just learning in environments where you literally have only one other board state to keep track of yeah. just makes things a lot simpler. I also think 60-card magic, specifically 1v1 60-card magic, it speeds run you... It speed runs you through some lessons that would take you a lot longer to learn in Commander by virtue of just like how much less you contribute to a Commander game, right? Like no format, like 1v1 will teach you the importance of hitting land drops. Oh, well, it's also- So much faster than Commander will. Because you've got like a direct thing to compare yourself with your opponent. You're looking at your opponent and you're like, wow, I've missed five land drops and my opponent has eight mana and I'm stuck on three. Yeah. Like they are casting two spells a turn. I am very behind. Why is that? Yeah. Oh, I I wonder if this is why they took so much of their early turns off to draw cards. Yes. You know, like you'll learn these things so much better in, yeah, I agree, a limited- sort of environment by having two board states and and 1v1 but also i think specifically when we're talking about standard and and limited i.e draft or sealed um fewer mechanics can be really good for learning the game as well so standard obviously because of the 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 virtue of its rotation if it only rotates every three years Mm. or so you're only contending with you know like nine or ten sets and the mechanics within them that you have to be aware of limited is even better for this right you're only dealing with the mechanics in that set well like you know wilds of eldraine had you know the adventure thing introduced right and that was when like I'm talking way back when I was starting to oh, learn. Throne of Eldraine. Throne of Eldraine. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Throne of Eldraine was the adventure mechanic was yep. introduced. And I remember I had just started playing, well, I'd been playing standard for a bit and drafting other sets, but mm-hmm. when Wilds of Eldraine, sorry, Throne of Eldraine came out yes. and this adventure mechanic came in, I was like, okay, there's something new that I have to learn. Mm. And it was like, incremental learning i learned a whole new mechanic just because i played in limited and you had the time to dwell with it right mm. like you, when you're only learning adventure adventures adventure's pretty easy to learn yeah. but if you were thrown into a commander game and you were learning adventure and bargain and like you know cumulative upkeep and like, then you're also got to worry about initiative monarch yeah you've got shroud, shroud like there are so many more things to do and so yeah when you get the time to spend with just adventure yeah. in a limited environment or in standard i think you can learn it so much better and be so much more confident in mm. each individual mechanic and you can sort of build from there well, and obviously like as we were saying before if you started with arena like we suggested that you will you can jump straight in and play standard on arena you totally can but i would say that like going to your lgs going to a draft night mm. also starts to build your paper magic collection up yeah. Like, I used to draft a lot when I first started Magic. And to be honest, it's why I have such a ridiculously big collection because I drafted every Friday night. Yeah. I have a huge collection of Magic cards, specifically from like Theros and like yeah. some uh, like kind of like playing a lot of standard at the time. Yeah. yeah. Like, just because you play a lot and o- with limited, you open a lot of packs and you get to walk out the store with all of those cards. So it's a good way to build up your collection. Yeah. Which will eventually help you when you do get to Commander. I, I do want to talk specifically about Pauper as well. You mentioned it earlier. Mm. I do think if you're, I, I would say for me, I would recommend draft and standard first and foremost, just because of the, the simplicity of the games that you'll have as a result. Pauper is a lot bigger of a card pool. Pauper's got a very big yeah. card pool. That said, if you are wanting to adventure outside of standard and look, just in general, just explore, explore more ways of playing, even if you're an experienced player, try Pauper. It is like, you can pick up a tier one deck 
for like 50 bucks mm-hmm. often if you buy the singles for it. And it's like lightning fast. So you're not sitting around waiting for games. There's a lot of um, room for brewing. You can't yeah. necessarily say that about a lot of other formats where you have to have shock lands and fetch lands and yeah. all this kind of thing. I just put together my four color affinity list, yeah. which I'm going to be bringing to Pauper in 2024. It's really cool to have a format that is competitive, but where you can brew and try stuff. And it works. Mm. Like, you know, we have rogue brews at our game store who will win events, basically. Yeah. Azorius Infect at our store kind of yeah. slaps. It's like really, yeah. really strong. It's yeah. a cool format and yeah, a good way to explore, but I would say standard draft first. I think. Yeah, and, and yeah. current mechanics first as well, mm. because Pauper will use a lot of mechanics from days gone by. Yes. Um, and I think that you're more likely to see current mechanics in Commander. Like if our end goal is to become a Commander player, mm-hmm. we're going to see more of the current mechanics at play in Commander games than really That's old true. mechanics. I think people are just playing more current cards because of power creep and also and fun new toys people opening yeah, packs exactly yeah it's right. how people are, are building a lot of their decks these For days sure. i reckon that's level one right like we've yep. okay we've learned magic we've learned 60 card let's start moving towards commander i think level two is pre-con commander so, so we're finally at actual commander now we're moving into that format playing with four players we are but we're starting i think with pre-constructed commander decks so these are the decks that they will sell at game stores and stuff where that's 100 cards if you buy a set of sleeves you're set that's the entire commander deck yeah. you're ready to go i think uh, level 2.1 i'm gonna say starter commander decks i know i confusingly <laughs> said starter decks before Starter Commander decks are the pre-cons that they released about a year ago now. Yeah, there's one with Gissa and Garolf. There's one with Achaka. There's one with um, Isperia. Amara as well. Amara. Amara Tandros. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's Isperia as well. Yeah, they're, but- they're basically pre-cons like Wizard would make any pre-con, but they are dialed down to be on a similar playing field as the starter learn to play magic decks that we were talking about before. Like yes. they don't have ridiculously complicated new mechanics in them. Like no. they're not going to have um, adventure or um, they're not going to have no initiative in them. There's no initiative. There's not, what's the new one from Ixalan, the map tokens. There's oh, none yeah, of that there's nothing stuff. Like that, yeah. So like, you know, there's nothing that's new and groundbreaking and rules bending. It's yeah. just like core magic, the gathering. The other thing is they play really, really well against each other. Yeah. I will say that they are fantastic to throw into a pod and you can play with them. And experienced commander players will be able to have fun with these decks. So mm-hmm. as someone that's trying to bring people into the format, get these pre-cons and play with your friends with them. See if you can break the pre-con. Like yeah. as an experienced player, as the experienced player trying to teach your friend, I know it can be like a bit tedious, but like try and do something cool with that pre-con that a new player wouldn't be able to do. That's like your little mini game while you're teaching. Like piloting wise, you mean? Yeah, so like in the game, wise. Like see see if you can sequence in a way to make something really busted happen. Yeah. yeah, I think you probably would be able to too. They're, they're like, they're good decks. They're just yeah. simpler, which is good. Um, I think the really good thing that these starter commander decks do, aside from yet yeah, being simpler mechanics and that kind of thing, they give you a really good taste of some of the most played cards in our format, like Soul Ring, Arcane Signet, all that kind of thing, like yep. most pre-cons do. But also they... represent some of the most played commander types of decks in terms of the color pairs that appear. So blue, black, green, white. These are very, very commonly played Mm -hmm. color pairs. And also the strategies. Like Geyser and Gerolf is a zombie graveyard Graveyard. deck. So like filling your graveyard 
is good for your deck. And you'll learn that like when things die, they're not always dead. Yeah. You know, with the Amara deck, you're like, oh my God, if I make a million tokens, I'm in a really good position. Yeah. The the Rakdos one is very like, I got to go fast. I got to win early because all the games that I get to turn 10 on, I'm not winning. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll, and it'll give you that taste for the, the colors of magic, which are so fun. Yeah. Um, I think I would say based on my understanding of them, I haven't played a lot of these decks myself, but I've, I've read a lot about them. I would recommend all of them except probably the blue white one. This is the one I have in my personal collection. Yeah. It's just too, the mana curve is like really high. You feel like you're doing nothing for a really long time. Yeah. It's also like, I think as an archetype, like it's basically a control deck. Control doesn't work very well in commander full stop and is not a very fun or intuitive way to play magic for new players Mm. either. Like leave all your mana open, respond to the right thing. How does a new player know what the right thing is? Yeah. I feel like, Control is an archetype in Commander. I wouldn't go yeah. as that far to say, but I'd I would say that for new players, control is an archetype that you should ignore. You you need to know like the format and what to respond to to play yeah. control really well, and that's just not where you're at with as a new player, which is yeah. totally fine. You'll get there, but yeah, start with you know green white tokens or blue black zombies or something like yeah. that, and you'll you'll have a really good time. Well, after you're played with these starter Commander precons, you might pick up a precon precon, uh-huh. which is one of the big ones, and you might want to start upgrading precons. Yeah, I reckon this would be level 2.2 yeah yeah and i would be remiss not to point out the fact that we've done a whole episode on how to upgrade any precon yeah a lot of a lot of other youtubers and a lot of other podcasts will upgrade specific precons but walt and i went that's boring content (laughs) we'll make a guide to upgrade any precon that possibly comes out so i think it's episode 34 called out of the box and upgraded Mm -hmm. um at the time we were in march of the machine so a lot of the examples we used were around the march of the machine precons we used this as like a sample deck for building the deck for yeah for sure but the guide works with everything yeah any precon that comes out you should be able to upgrade 100 percent. and but to to very very briefly summarize for the sake of um people just listen to this video but perhaps uh you just basically want to cut a lot of the high mana value cards in the deck and the cards that don't necessarily fit your deck's main strategy. Yeah. So the, uh, most of the precons will... I understand the, why wizards do this. They probably give you a taste of a few mechanics but so you can pick your favourite. It's trying to do like two or three things. Yeah. Most really good commander decks, for, for those of you who are new, are very focused. They go like, okay, I want to make tokens. And then pretty much every card in the deck either makes tokens or is about making tokens or like is good when you have tokens. Like that's mm. kind of how you build your deck. So you want more cards that do that, less of the high mana value, less impact impactful stuff yeah and look um i know we definitely that episode 34 out of the box and upgraded is a really good place to go if you want to upgrade a precon but also we did allude to it already there are for basically every precon that has ever come out i mean command zone are literally doing every single one now yeah there is a YouTube video yeah. out there that will be specifically, okay, you've got the buckle up precon. Here's how to upgrade the buckle up precon. 10 cards out, 10 cards in. There yep. you go. Super straightforward. And it's hard to go wrong. Command yeah. Zone are really good at it. Um, even nitpicking nerds I know do them. Mm. Um, basically, everyone does them. Watch the ones that are like high views. They're probably the better ones. Probably, yeah, better production value. Yeah. Command Zone are great. I reckon like the level 2.3 after upgrading a precon, because like you could watch a video and see the 10 cards out, 10 cards in, mm-hmm. and just make those changes and then do nothing else yeah i think the next level in level two would be like 
actually recognize what differences this makes yeah. and how it plays out. Because the, the thing that you just said before is like, take out a bunch of high mana value cards. New players would be like, but they're huge and do really splashy and incredible things and mm. have that Timmy Power Gamer, I want to drop on the board and explode. <laughs> yeah. But note the fact that if you play with eight cards that are above six CMC in your deck... That's a lot of cards. And how often are you casting those cards? Yeah. How often does a game end and those cards are in your hand, not cast? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think this is a really good one for um, 2.3, I agree. It's like, yeah, notice how the deck plays differently. And also, we're spoiling a little bit here, but level three is going to be about building your own commander decks and looking at how people have adapted precons is going to teach you a lot about the priorities people have when they build decks. Even if you go mm. and watch one of those YouTube videos, go and watch, you know, Command Zone upgrade a precon. Listen to the language they use where they'll probably break down how much card draw, how much ramp is in the yeah. deck. And they'll say like, look, I think this card draw count is a bit too low. I think we need some more. Here's what we'll put in. Like start to be aware of the language people use and especially, yeah, when you're playing with your upgraded precon, how different it feels compared to how it was before. For sure. I mean, even just that's probably like... 2.3 as well is one once you are have because now we're playing commander right we're yeah. playing we're sitting down at lgs we're playing commander with people start learning the language that people use to describe their decks like you you said before it's tuned mm. um i would also say streamlined strategy is one that i really like um to describe a deck that's focusing in on one thing like this is a token deck it, it does yep. token stuff yep. does nothing else um this kind of language really does help you become more ingrained in the culture firstly but also mm. understanding how you can describe your deck and get the right games in with people yeah i mean um language is a, a method of articulation and it's important for for making yourself understood and for understanding other people mm -hmm. look i think level one level two that we've just outlined there that's everything you need to go and play some commander so if, if that's all you need yeah you, you can turn off the the episode we won't be offended like that's enough for you to go play commander but in the second half of the episode which we'll go into in a little bit we're going to talk about how you can uh, expand on your skills a bit there mm. with building your own decks and with becoming a very very good deck builder but before then uh, for those of you who don't know, we take a little thrifty interlude here. It's a little break that won't break the bank. I love that catch line. It's great. I don't use it often enough, actually. You'd... I probably should throw it in more often. We'll chuck it in the script. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so we're going to hear a little something about a thrifty card, a card that's nice and cheap. And this week, uh, we are going to break tradition, actually. And James will be assisting me with some dialogue. James, would you like to read the card we're featuring this week and turning into some dialogue? Yes, I sure would. Um, firstly, this card amazing um i actually have this card in one of my decks that got pulled out of one of your old decks yeah. i think this card is super underrated and should be played more mm -hmm. it's keep watch for two generic and a blue you'll get an instant that says draw a card for each attacking creature I didn't realize that watching him was against the rules. Captain Safford, it's not that you were breaking any rules, you just weren't doing anything remotely similar to your job. Major, I was hired to keep watch. For security risks, Captain. The development of advanced weapons technologies, cataclysmic viruses, organized crime. These things are of immediate danger to us and our way of life. Do you understand how these things are different to what you were doing? No, Major, I'm afraid I do not. Captain, let me spell it out for you. 
You are to keep watch for dangerous activities. Dangerous activities of the future by observing the past. I ask you again, Captain. Do you see the difference between danger and Basri Ket? No, Major. I was listening to official military transmissions, and I think he poses a more significant moral risk to the youth of today. Yes, Captain Safford. He does. Which is why we do not watch him getting changed! Get budgeted! 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 budgeted, budgeted. <laughs> uh, in fairness, if I was given the opportunity to watch uh, Basri Cat switch armor, I might. <laughs> as, as I was assigning the roles here, I was like, this works really well because James has such a boner for Basri Cat. <laughs> I um I really fancy him. He's really yeah, hot. He's really hot. He's really hot. This is a very funny introduction for people who pro- maybe have never heard. Any I realize, of yeah, before. this is welcome to the Get Commanded <laughs> podcast, where this happens at the middle of every episode, and occasionally we talk about how much James has the hots for people. Basri Cat, Ralzarek, yeah. Oh, and Sarah, um, the angel, Sarah the angel, Sarah yeah, the angel, yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure. They're my like. Magic humanoid crushes. It'd be weird if I had a crush on Niv. The holy triad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can actually catch these in text form every Thursday in the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server, which is linked in the show notes, in the Thrifty Thursdays channel every Thursday. Uh, We better get back into what we were working through. So we'd gone through level one, which was learning magic in Mm -hmm. the first place. Level two was about pre-con commander play. So we're at level three now. We're up to level three. We've leveled up. I reckon it's time to build our first commander deck. So get strapped in because we're going to go through the whole thing again. No, (laughs) we've, we've covered this a lot already, haven't we? Yes. I think in general, what we'll be doing here is pointing you to resources you can use, including our resources for building your deck. We, we feel pretty comfortable that we've done a good job at this. The most important thing is we have done this a lot of times. I think collectively we have built over 30 commander decks now. I actually think we're probably closer to 40 to 50, it's, I reckon. With how many we've both disassembled, you're probably yeah. right. Yep. So I reckon level 3.1 of uh, building a deck is finding the right commander. Yeah, the person that's going to helm your deck. Or the two people, or the the, the vehicle, or the planeswalker, or the background <laughs> yes. and that's going to helm your deck. The things that will be in the command zone <laughs> for your deck, yeah. Look, I think, given that we're talking to new players specifically here, I think right off the bat I want to say, pick a commander that makes a lot of sense to you. And when I say sense, I mean rules wise like you understand the card yeah, yeah. you understand That's what important. what the card is doing and how it functions um it's just important you you're new to commander pick a commander that that you understand how it works because also this will help you to choose the cards that are going to go in your deck because you're going to look at your commander and go like oh this is my anima soul of mm. elements deck this is going to be all about creatures and making them cheaper so i'm probably going to want a bunch of creatures and and a bunch of maybe high amount of value creatures that i can get a big discount on yeah that's got a very linear sort of pattern that it's implying i think Linear is good here. We've talked before about how we've gotten tired of linear commanders that we've built ourselves. But when you're starting out, linear is good. Yeah, I think it gives you a kind of direction to go with your deck building. And commanders that say, build me like this, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to start off with. But I will say, I think I want to highlight a little bit more the, the... understanding the rules of your commander is a big one mm-hmm. when i started when i first started playing with niv mizzet perun which is as most regular listeners will know my cdh deck now it's mm-hmm. my baby deck it's tuned it's it's the best it can possibly be 
I really didn't understand the fact that Niv actually had two separate triggers on him. Mm. One that one that draws you a card whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery, and another trigger that says whenever you draw a card, deal a damage to any target. Mm-hmm. Until I really understood that was two different things, I then could start playing the commander better. He was mm. probably too complicated for me to pick up at the stage that I did pick him up. Yeah. If that makes sense. Potentially. I reckon yeah. our early games of Commander, well, I was in a lot of these. <laughs> I got a lot of those rules wrong. We yeah. also thought that Niv's ping damage counted towards Commander damage. Yes. Combat damage is the only way you can deal Commander damage. Yep. You can fully ignore the damage that your commanders deal to people in other ways. Unless you give them Infect, that gets pretty interesting as well. That does count. That, yep. And that will end games as yep. well. But yes, no, we definitely got that wrong. And yeah, I think Niv is it. I will say is linear. So it's got that it definitely tells you what to build. Build a lot of instants and sorceries and draw a lot of cards. Yeah, but it does not necessarily um, lend itself to understanding the game early on. Yeah. But I will say, Niv was a commander for me that it was a lot about, like, I find this interesting and I relate to the color theory behind it. And I think that's kind of like our next piece of advice is when you're choosing a commander, ignore everyone that says, oh, you're playing a blue-black mid-range commander. You should build Talion instead. It's objectively better. Yeah. Ignore all that shit. For now, objectively better is just objectively something else. Yeah. And you're attracted to a commander that's going to get you passionate about building commander. Build that first. Then you can tinker with the objectively better commanders. Commanders about self-expression and the ones that you're interested in are the ones that you're going to be passionate about, the ones you're going to want to tinker with, yeah. the ones you're going to want to play. In the same way that we were speaking about colors before and how they can you can latch onto a color and see one and go like, this is really... This seems really cool to me. I want to play more with this. You'll have the same experience with commanders. Things commanders will jump out at you for whatever reason because of the art or mm. because of the the way that they work. You know, maybe you're someone who who's a big goth and you see a vampire commander and just go like, "I love vampires. Mm. I want to put a bunch of vampires in my deck." That is a totally valid way of expressing yourself. And yes, I fully agree. Ignore people who go like, "You should be playing Edgar Markov instead of this Asterion commander." Just be like, "Nope." Nope. This looks cool to me, and I'm going to do the thing that looks cool to me. I was a big fan of Baldur's Gate. I want to play Asterion. Screw you. Yep. yep. Straight up. Um, level 3.2, I reckon. So we've picked our commander. We know what we're going to build. Sure. Really important. Use a template for mm. your deck. We have a really, really handy one that we did a nice shortened uh, episode on after spending a long time on it in our early days of this podcast. Mm. Episode 37 is called The Ultimate Deck Building Template. You don't have to use ours, and we've, we've talked before about other... Um, templates that you can use, but you should use a template full stop. You need to make sure that your deck is going to have card draw. It's going to have ramp. It's going to have enough lands. And a template just makes sure you don't miss out on the stuff that will make your deck function. Like, you can include all these amazing cards that look really cool and do really cool things, but if you don't have enough mana or enough cards to make the things happen, you'll never experience the cards in the first place. Yeah, I think, look, a template is something that just allows you to make sure you have the, the general functioning deck. Then once you've got that then you can start tinkering that's when you can start changing things or like restructuring things and once you've learnt the template we actually use this um, when you were used when you were a kung fu student mm-hmm. there was a, a teacher that told you that once you've mastered the rules then you can break them mm. we've taken that philosophy into our commander deck building teaching because there are rules about commander that you must meet and that's making sure you have the essentials like card draw and ramp and removal and stuff like that Enough land. Yep. All that kind of stuff. But then once you've learned that, then you can see commanders 
like my Eurico deck, for example. Mm. That breaks a lot of rules about deck building. It has barely any ramp. It has barely any card draw because Eurico puts a lot of cards into your hand and the curve is really low to play. Then you've got Draco at 16 CMC. <laughs> but like, once you've learned it, then you can break the rules. But yes, level 3.2, use a template. Yeah, absolutely. And like we have both done this wrong before, way back mm-hmm. when. Uh, I misheard the template when Command Zone were running through it and thought you had to have five bits of card draw and five bits of ramp that and five bits of removal. <laughs> yeah, I thought 10 in total was going to get me sorted. And yeah, most of my decks didn't work. Um, it was actually quite remarkable for me when I started uh, making sure that I was actually following the template that they'd outlined. And suddenly I was winning games and well, like having enough cards in my hand and being able to cast my spells. And it's a real game changer. I think this is something to say, like if our end goal is to get you into Commander and get you enjoying Commander, you are going to be miserable if the first deck you build doesn't work. Yeah. So, And you will probably not want to play Commander after you've played three games with a deck that never does what you thought it would do. Mm. So make sure you avoid that happening. Use a template. Yep. Make sure your deck is functioning. And speaking of, in terms of actually putting our deck together now, we've got our template. Mm-hmm. We've chosen our commander. Um, a really good resource, especially when you're just, just starting out, is EDH Rec. So this is just the, the letters E-D-H-R-E-C.com. It's a uh, basically a resource where you can go to a page that has your commander on it. So if you have Asterion, for instance, we just mentioned before, the black-white uh, life gain vampires thing, you can go to Asterion's page on EDH Rec and EDH Rec pulls data from a bunch of digital deck builders that people have used and tells you how likely players are to include cards in a deck that's helmed by Asterion. So what it t- tells you is, okay, if I'm building a Asterion deck, what cards do most people think are the right cards to include? Yeah, this de- this website, EDH Rec, is also not a new players only website. No. The most experienced commander players use this website. I still love this website. It is a huge, great resource. Yeah. I also want to shout out an incredible button on this website Mm -hmm. that you can click create average deck and it will take I forgot about this it's a wild button it's it's basically using like Walt said a bunch of data from other deck building websites and con- like puts it all together and then when you hit create the average deck it creates a deck with 99 in the in the singles and then one in the command zone for whatever commander you've got and will create the average deck based on the average deck across mm. all of it so it'll take all the statistics and run them through like run them through and give you the hundred cards that you should be running yeah and you can start from there that is if anything if you want to just hit that button and click create average deck i've done it a few times with commanders that i've brewed in the past just to see the statistically likely cards yeah but because there are some commanders that go in either one or the other direction Mm. you can either build them one way or the other way sometimes the average is a weird in the middle mode yeah. and it just doesn't work. Like, for example, if you hit the average Atraxa deck, Atraxa is a commander that you can build in about a billion different ways because yeah. it just proliferates counters on the end step, adding one counter to any permanent or player. You could build that as Infect. You could build it as Planeswalkers. Mm. You could build it as Charge Counters. You could so, build it as anything. So when you hit average deck, yeah. you'll get like three Planeswalkers, two Infect creatures, an artifact with Charge Counters. That deck's not going to work. Yeah, but there are a lot of linear commanders, which we've pointed you in the direction of already, Mm -hmm. that if you hit average deck, 
should be pretty good. Yeah, and there's a bunch of filters as well. Speaking of leveling up in general of, of 3.3 here, um, you can filter in a lot of ways on EDH Rec. So if you're someone who doesn't want to spend a lot of money, you can choose budget in, mm. a, a, towards the top of the, the commander's page. You can go, okay, show me the average deck and let me say that I'm building on a budget. And it'll basically only show you cards that are sort of $5 or less and mostly, you know, a dollar or two. Um, and that's a really good way to, yeah, put together a, a fairly cheap deck as yeah. well. And you'll find cards like Keep Watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they might pop up in there. Um, I reckon the next level here, and this is one that we've preached a bunch of times on this podcast before, level 3.4 is using a digital deck builder. So when you're putting together your deck, yes, it's great to do it in paper and see all the cards laid out in front of you. We super highly recommend Moxfield. Um, Architect is also really good. These are websites where you can enter in the cards that are going to be in your deck. Um, export them, import them, do a bunch of different things with them, but you can sort them in a bunch of different ways to see how they're working. And the really, really good one here is you can add custom tags to your cards. So this works really well with the template that we recommended, mm. where if you can add a custom ta tag on your windfall that says each player discards their hand and draw cards equals the greatest number of cards discarded this way, you can tag that as card draw. And, you know, if you're playing a graveyard deck, you might tag that as something like graveyard filling or something. Yeah, discard outlet. Yeah. And when you um, sort your deck by tags, the really good thing that a digital deck builder will do that you can't do in paper is it'll put it in both of those camps. So mm. you'll know when you're looking at your deck and you're going, okay, I kind of want like 20 cards that fill my graveyard and about 10 bits of card draw. Windfall is going to show up as a card draw card and a card that fills your graveyard. So yeah. it's going to be telling you, a, giving you a really, really good rundown of how your deck's actually looking. Yeah, without ripping Windfall in half, you can't do that in paper. <laughs> no, uh, unless you've got true. two copies of Windfall, <laughs> then it, I guess you could do it. But like... So overkill. The other thing that Digital Deck Build is really good is if you've got not a lot of cards in your collection, mm -hmm. this is a great way to find the singles that you need and yeah. then you can just purchase that deck. There's literally like a button on Moxfield where you can go card kingdom and it will take you to card kingdom and it will just put your deck list in yep. and get you all the singles and you can say select cheapest options whatever yep. and you can just hit buy so that way you're only buying the cards that you're going to play with instead of going right now i need to crack like a whole box of hour of devastation because i need that one copy of nicobolus yeah like no don't do that you don't need to do that just buy the single from a website like card kingdom or good games australia singles like go Go use singles, yeah, please. Definitely, especially if you're building the digital deck builder that way. And it, yeah, it'll give you a really good rundown of other stuff like your mana curve, your mana base, the number of lands you have and what colors those lands produce. Yep. If you're building a deck that cares about creatures, it'll just tell you how many creatures you have without having to pull out all those cards and count them. It, it might seem a little bit overwhelming, the amount of data that you can get from this on mm -hmm. the, on the like, initial first time logging on. Yeah. Just try it. Chuck a couple of cards in because the more you use it, the more you go, ooh, I wonder if it has this feature. And then you go digging yeah. and it will have that feature. Yeah. I, it's so my good. favorite thing I've had with Moxfield is being like, I wonder if it does this and then it does. And you're <laughs> like, it's amazing. Like I remember the day that I found out you could change the mana cost of your spells. For X spells, this yeah. is really relevant. So when you're trying to work out what your mana curve is and the average mana value, like if, if you have a spell that costs X blue blue, by default, it's going to put that as a two mana value spell. But in practice, you're never casting that spell with X equals zero. You're not going to go draw zero cards. Yeah, you might go x equals four so then it's a six mana spell yep so you can edit the the ca casting cost of that spell and make it cost four blue blue and it'll put it in the six drops in your curve and suddenly your average mana curve is looking way more accurate it's really really cool i will say um walt uh is way better at this than i am uh if you go down into the show notes and click on all of our deck lists 
look at Waltz as a great example for this. <laughs> I am very slow in updating mine mm-hmm. and Waltz just clinically insane. <laughs> I am probably over-obsessive with it to the point where, like, someone will give me a card and I'll have the deck in front of me and could update it right now. And it's like, no, I'll wait till I get home and then I'll update Moxfield. <laughs> I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, oh, I want to play with this right now. Yeah. And then I get home and completely forget that yeah. I put that card in. <laughs> um, I would also argue that it, the average commander player sits somewhere in between Walt and probably. I. We're at the two extreme ends, yeah. I think. We, we gave a balanced perspective in that way. Yeah. But yeah, um, you can see my custom tags, by the way. So if you're not mm. sure how to custom tag your deck and which tags you should give stuff, load up, you know, a deck that's of mine. I've got a deck for just about everything at this point. So you'll be able to find a deck of mine that's similar to a deck you're building and just have a just change the tags to custom tags and yeah. it'll show you that, yeah, I've tagged this many as card drawer and, you know, that spell I've tagged as ramp and this thing and, yeah, you'd be able to get it. You could down. also go into, like, if you're building a graveyard deck and you go, all right, I want to look at James's uh, Scarab God deck and Walt's Arami deck. Yeah. You can duplicate those decks mm. and put them in your own Moxville profile and edit them to your heart's content. Yeah. So you could duplicate our lists and fiddle with them and then have your own version of Scarab God or Arami. There's a super interesting button. I, I don't know how well it would work for these two decks, but there's a compare button on Moxfield. Ooh. You can load up a deck list and go compare and then give it another URL for a different Moxfield list. It tells you which cards are in common across both lists. I like Which it. cards are different, what the mana curves look like compared to each well, other. Well, because like those two decks are both graveyard strategies, yeah. but two very different graveyard strategies. Yeah, but you could, you could just you could see that. what that might look like. Anyway, that's sort of a more advanced level. And speaking of advanced levels. Amazing segue my friend amazing segue <laughs> we're gonna level up again level four is just called advanced levels so this like, is like we've been playing commander for a while we've built our first commander deck yeah we've maybe built two commander decks at this point yeah we might have an upgraded pre-con we've built yep. our own deck from scratch so what do our next steps look like how are we going to level up as commander players from here well now we've got to a point where our decks need upgrading mm. um if uh if you're a tinker or an architect you might be tinkering with it on the daily or if you're an architect you might want to sit down and do an overhaul Mm -hmm. regardless of what type of deck builder you are there is one website that walt and i both go to and every commander player loves it's scryfall yeah scryfall is the best search engine for cards in magic the gathering that you could possibly imagine it is just brilliant it's so so good so this will be level 4.1 just scryfall scryfall this Um, is this is your next level up is just going to that website yep uh i would say if you're new to using search engine syntax and that kind of thing start with the advanced search feature so when you go to scryfall's website if you just scroll down a little bit there's a little button that says advanced search this will work for so many of the things that you need to do basically the 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 crucial ones you're going to want to start with is you can set the commander color identity so if Mm -hmm. you're building just that one particular deck you can just go all right i'm going to change my color identity to green white because i'm building this green white deck uh, and then for me, I will set a price limit so you can go to the USD or price tag or something and go, okay, I want a maximum US less dollar. Less than five bucks. Less than five bucks is a good starting point, I think, for price. And then you just start searching for stuff, you know, start maybe choose creature, like a uh, card type creature and go mana value, you know, less than four and go uh, on the card. I want it to say make, uh, create token. Yep. And that might show you just about every card that's legal in uh, green, white. Oh, you want to set the the um, format to commander as well. So yep. it's only commander legal cards. Legal in commander, legal in a green, white deck, less than five bucks, says create a token on it and is a creature. That is a 
bloody brilliant search for you to look through it's a incredible. bunch of cards and find the things that you need. That's like when I was beating, building my Savine deck. I was like, right, I'm in Jeskai colors and I want to cast spells from my graveyard. I'm going to lock up every flashback spell that has been printed in, in Jeskai. It's an easy one because you can just type in, in the flashback. Oracle text. I want flashback on there. Yep. Yep. Name flashback. If it's if it's on the card, I want to see it. Uh, and then I looked up Aftermath uh, was another spell that you can cast, uh, yep. from graveyard. cast from graveyard. So I yep. found some like really cool stuff just by going on to Scryfall. Um, I would say that the syntax is an incredible feature. And mm-hmm. Walt, used, I've, I literally, when I when we're sitting down to do podcast stuff, Walt will like bring up Scryfall and go like, U, I, colon, uh, bl- <laughs> blue, black, and like type a bunch of things. It's look like he's writing computer code, but I still use advanced search. <laughs> like if, if you feel like, oh, I'm not smart enough to use this website, neither am I. Just, <laughs> use, <laughs> just, just use advanced search. It's actually so much easier. I use the advanced search for like, actual years before I even touched the, the syntax yeah. and it was fine. So yeah, you can just do that. But yeah, um, for, if you do want to go to that next level, we're talking about leveling up. Because Walt does Scryfall. this on his phone, I've seen. He pulls up the mobile version <laughs> of Scryfall and will type in like a line of what looks like gibberish <laughs> and it will like bring up the exact card that we were trying to remember. Yep. It's, it's incredible. It, it feels, you feel like a hacker. You just feel like you're writing code or something like, like you're like Tony in the Matrix. Stark, like, yeah, <laughs> straight up. Um, but I learned all my syntax mostly from just, um, there's a button that if you scroll down to the bottom of Scryfall, uh, at the like actual bottom of the page, like the banner, there's a bit that says like syntax, I think, or it says like learning syntax. Or it's something. actually in the top right as well in the main. Oh, menu. it's in the top yeah. right as well. Yeah, oh, there yeah. you go, and it just gives you a. It's a page written by Scryfall of the different syntax you can use to search stuff. It doesn't have everything on there, but it'll give you the vast majority of what you need. And I learned pretty much everything I need from there. Yep, and I tried. <laughs> And stopped. It's I really a, did. I did. Yeah. We did one episode where I had to do quite a lot of research for yes. different cards, and I really forced myself to use yeah. it. Since that episode, I've not used syntax no, at all. It's fair enough. You, you've got to want to. I yeah. think you know, like most things. Um. All right. Scryfall definitely level four point mm-hmm. one. Level four point two, I reckon, is a really criminally underrated skill in commander deck building. Mm-hmm. Gold fishing. Oh yeah. So for those who are not familiar, gold fishing is a term we use for um, playing through hands of a deck, like play testing a deck basically, but on your own against no one. Yeah, just alone in a room. I'm guessing that the, the phrase comes from the idea of like you're in a fishbowl, you know, like you're isolated from everyone else and you're testing how the, the deck swims. If we're going down that <laughs> yeah, metaphor, sure. yeah. does your deck have gills? I yeah, don't know. You can breathe underwater. I hope <laughs> if it's a goldfish. Anyway, it's a really good skill for working out just like how um, your deck plays. This would be a really good way for you to learn your mm. lines and like which cards you should tutor for when you're searching your library, that kind of thing. But also it will like when you're just building a deck and you're trying to work out like I wonder if I've got enough card draw if the card draw is working here just play through five to ten hands mm. of like playtesting the deck you can do this on digital deck builders by the way including Moxfield yep. and it's a really really good way of being like I've played decks before and been like oh wow I'm always um, missing my third land drop with this deck either I need more lands here or I need some card draw that costs like one or two mana in this slot and I've learned so much about decks and fixed decks before I even bought any of the cards that were in them yeah I will say that like gold fishing is actually such a high level thing because 
you're trying to anticipate what your opponents are doing while mm. you're gold fishing as well. So you're like, you know, I'll just play test out the deck, but then one goldfish, I might be like, right, let's pretend this got removed because it's pretty big threat. Yep. It's turn five. Let's pretend one of my opponents did remove it. How does my deck function now that that's removed? Mm. It can play test really well. The other really great thing to do while gold fishing is learn how to mulligan correctly. Oh yeah, this, learn, learn what opening hands work well. Yeah, and and like you can do this. Moxfield has like a great um like play test hand. It's mm-hmm. just at the bottom of your deck list. You can just go deal another hand and it will show you seven new cards randomly selected from your deck Mm. i as a cdh player cdh being the absolute top tier that you can play commander at competitive commander yeah i will often sit with my cdh decks on scryfe on moxfield sorry and just go through test hands not not play test them but like just look at hands and be like would, would I, I keep, keep this, this? Yeah. or would i mulligan and there's like some hands where you're like oh this looks good and mm. then you're like think about this hand properly what does it do how does it play out yeah imagine general tip for mulliganing in in my opinion is imagine they're the only cards you're going to have for the first three turns of the game 100 percent. yeah so yeah when you're looking at that land count and mm. the number of spells you can cast imagine you don't draw a land for the first three turns you know yep. so if you've got two lands in your hand do you have a one or two mana value spell in that hand that's going to help you progress your game plan or help you draw some cards or something and what is that one mana two mana spell is it something that's progressing your board or dealing with your opponent's stuff yeah if you've got a hand that's got like one castable spell in it and the castable spell is removal that deck's not good that hand's not going to work for you you're not going to be progressing your game plan and that's the most important thing when you're looking at your own hand unless you're playing like a really mid-rangey deck that just wants to oh yeah if you were in a 60 card format and you were gold fishing a control deck and all you have in your deck is like a counter spell and a removal spell that's super capable that's all you need (laughs) (laughs) in a control list straight up all right. Well, I think level 4.3, mm-hmm. we will go into the realm of tinkering. Hey. And I know this is one of your favorite places to live. My home. Because we just did the whole space battle thing, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. But yes. I do think tinkering, regardless of if you are an architect or a tinkerer, mm-hmm. tinkering is where you are just taking out cards from your commander deck and putting new cards in. Basic definition, you're upgrading your deck. Yeah. Or downgrading sometimes. If, you, if you're finding your deck too powerful, it does yeah. happen sometimes. You will remove some of the powerful cards in there i mean look we discovered even in the space battle like we sort of joke that i'm the only one who tinkers on the podcast but james you know but made a very strong argument for the overhauls Mm. in uh, the space battle that we did last week so even architects people who don't like tinkering with their decks very much will every so often look at their deck and go oh i'm probably missing a bit of card draw here i'm missing a bit of a win con here and they'll take a five cards out sub five cards in it's very common uh, and it's pr- probably important for just progressing yourself as a deck builder and as a player. Um, I would say general guides for tinkering as someone who is... As the master <laughs> of tinkering himself. I would uh, maybe not so much say master and instead say chronic tinkerer. <laughs> it's a disease. It's a problem for me. <laughs> um, don't remove cards until you've seen them played at least three or four times in a game. Yeah. It's very easy to see a card not work well on a board and go, maybe this card's not good in the deck. You might see it two games later and go, actually, that was really good at that particular time. And also, don't add more than about five cards at a time. This is coming from my tinkerer perspective. I know okay, you as okay, an overhauler okay. might be looking more at the 10 card kind of mark. I would say certainly no more than 10 yeah. at a time because you're going to start warping. Like, you know, you just don't know how much of a deck you're changing when you're doing that. For sure. You might take out like a win con. You might suddenly be like, oh my God, I'm drawing so many cards now, but I can't end the game. If you're interested and you've just been sent this episode, the last episode that we did was literally a conversation. It was 
was a debate mm-hmm. between doing this in my way or Walt's way. So if you're <laughs> interested, go check that episode out. I think you, it's a short one. It'll give you the highlights of either side. Yes. I, and I will, as my last warning, most of this has not been do it. It's mostly been don't do it. <laughs> but um, don't obsess over this. Yeah. Especially when you're starting out as a player. I spent far too long thinking, oh, if I just get my decks right, I'll win. When really what I needed to do was learn my decks more. Mm, and Become a better pilot. Become a better pilot. And playing the decks in the form that they're in will actually teach you a lot more about learning the deck and playing Commander than editing them will. Editing them will teach you a lot about deck building and a lot about how to make your decks work. But learning magic and becoming a better magic player is about playing the game, not about building decks. For sure. All right. What's the... Is there like one more level that we think is is after this? 4.4. I think it's just like... Maybe it's more like a party message, but it's just like, have fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would say as like the final level, get good at navigating the murky waters of the fact that this is a game where the whole point is just to have fun. Yeah. The, the whole reason Commander exists is to have fun. It's not a sanctioned wizard's thing. Like we're standard and modern and pioneer all have rules and regulations and mm. tournaments and qualifiers and PTQs and all this kind of stuff. Ignore all that. Commander is just having fun with your friends. So go out there, find your playgroup, find the LGS that you love to play with. After every game, have a conversation with them. We call it Rule Infinity, Mm -hmm. where we try and make sure we're matching power levels and all of this kind of stuff. And just go enjoy the the rest of it. Because, like, the, the learning curve for Magic in Commander specifically, I think, is a really steep curve right at the start. Mm -hmm. Then it plateaus. And you, you get on this level where you're like, okay, I understand it. I can upgrade a deck and all this kind of stuff. Where to next? Yeah. And it's honestly just build more decks, get more complicated. Yeah. It's like, a, it's go for it. The possibilities are endless. Like Genuinely. The, the, the With thing- the amount of product wizards are releasing. <laughs> yeah, literally endless. I mean, that too. <laughs> yeah. But also like we talked a few times about self-expression and about the things that interest you mm. about the format. That's the format to me, right? Like a hundred percent. Commander is about Completely finding agree. these niches of things that appeal to you and only you yeah. and just exploring them in any way that you possibly can. Yeah. So yeah, take all of our steps as a guide and, you know, level up if you feel you need to but the most important thing is find the aspects of magic that that bring you joy and find the people who play magic with you that bring you joy yeah like i'm so lucky to have you in my play group i love playing against you i love and something that's really come up for me just recently is i'm on my way to becoming a magic judge Mm. i've just really heavily invested in learning a lot of the rules of magic the gathering and once you've learned the the basic rules you realize oh my god there's so many like considering I know most of these listeners will be new players or friends introducing to new commander players, Mm -hmm. investigate the layer system of Magic the Gathering. Yeah. That is so... Once you understand what the layers are, the, you know, layer one to six and then layer seven being everything that you need to know about how power and toughness adds and subtracts. Mm. I've just recently done a module on this and it's it's really in-depth and I enjoy the hell out of it yeah i really enjoy it that's your little niche right yeah, like that's, sure. the, that's the thing that appeals to you about magic and that's how you're exploring your joy moving forward it's yeah. really cool yeah well learning to play magic the gathering can be pretty daunting these days with the sheer number of mechanics decks and cards to keep up with but you can do it if you take things one step at a time start with the simplest cards and mechanics that you possibly can and let yourself level up 
You'll be an absolute master much sooner than you think. So, Space Commanders, Command command Received. received. And yes, new listeners, we do that every single episode. We do. (laughs) (laughs) So, speaking of the listeners, to you out there, do you feel commanded? If you're an experienced player, how do you invite new players into our format? And if I can make one little suggestion for you, especially our established listeners who tune in every week, please send this episode to someone you know who is just starting out at Commander. Mm. Um, We put a lot of thought into the way that we can structure it and help those players to get started. And we want more and more new players just around us in general in our discord server and you know messaging us over social platforms and stuff and just generally engaging with the great format that we play so please you know any new players or you want some people to get into the the game send this to one of those people for sure and if you think what walt and i are doing is worth supporting best way you can do it is on patreon it's linked in the show notes um there's plenty of rewards and stuff you can get it's um uh, patreon.com.au or not.au forward slash get commanded podcast yes that's it well we would like to thank our patrons stella tam fuzzy and bottomless potamus and also make a very special shout out to fletcher cutting for supporting us in the space commander tier you are the best it's true and a big thank you to palms off gaming who sponsor this podcast they make some really really fantastic deck boxes sleeves binders absolutely anything you could possibly need to keep your decks safe and secure and keep your collection blinged out and Sexy, I don't know. Um, I, think, I think that's Palms Off Gaming's new tagline. Palms Off Gaming, sexy. <laughs> um, you can go check them out at palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded. You get a 10% discount if you use that uh, URL to reach them and you'll be supporting the podcast at the same time. So that was palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash Hashtag get commanded. All right. Well, that's all the magic. Now for the uninitiated at the end of each episode, Walt and I planes walk away from Magic the Mm -hmm. Gathering and go somewhere and just talk about other stuff because we talk about magic a lot. So (laughs) it's good to have a break sometimes. Yeah, it's your week. Where are we going? We're going uh, for probably like the 10th time at this point into Star Wars and actually (laughs) into a game I've already mentioned before. Just because I finally finished it. Is this Fallen Order? Fallen Order. Hey, well done. So this is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It's got like three Sir titles. I can never remember them, but it's the... Yeah, the new one is Survivor. Yeah, so this is the one that came out sort of three or four years ago now, I think. Um, it was so cool. I've still not finished it. It's been like on the back burner, but it is a great game. I just, I love games where the exploration is as fun as like every other aspect of the game. Like I'm Mm. a real role-playing game fan. I'm a, I mod Skyrim, you know, I've played like like Zelda and a bunch of other. You've never played Fallout though, which I just found out the other night. No, because they've just started printing magic cards and people were like, oh my God, well, there's Fallout cards. And I was like. Sounds good. I, I'm sure I don't the, know. I'm sure the lore is very rich and deep. <laughs> sure love Fallout. Hope to play it someday. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Fallen Order. Yes, it was just like so cool. All the exploration was so great. I love games where the narrative kind of weaves itself seamlessly into the gameplay loops. And it's a game where like as you're wandering around, like Cal is like radioing the rest of his crew. He's speaking with BB-8. BB-8? BD1. BD1. BB8's from the sequel trilogy. Yes, that's right. Round ball. But it just like, it felt so, so explicitly Star Wars. And like all of the Jedi combat was sick. I was in the final battle and I was like struggling, but it felt incredibly epic. It was like, I don't care that I'm bad at this and I can't work it out. I can tell I have to like time my jumping, like my force jumping and my like force push and my force pull and blocking and deflecting and parrying. Like, oh, every aspect. 
aspect of it was so well done. It it is the best lightsaber combat that I've ever I've had in a Star Wars game. Yeah. I actually downloaded to my Xbox an old game. I actually downloaded the Star Wars Revenge of the Sith video game. Whoa. Um, it's like 2000. What, what movie year did that come out? 2005, 2006? Something like that. Something like that. Really. I had it when I was a kid and I had it on PlayStation 2. Yeah. The graphics are woeful. Yep. The, the character acting, the voice acting is just awful. <laughs> um, but the lightsaber, I remember as a kid, the lightsaber fighting being so good in that game because mm-hmm. you can like do two player and either do co-op or verse each other. Yes. And it was really fun. But just comparing that to the level of Star Wars games that we have now, like yeah. Fallen Order. Oh my God, it's night and day. It's yeah. such a new world out there. We're like, we are so lucky to live in the time that we do for video games. Like- Especially as like mid-twenties white men <laughs> <laughs> with Xboxes, Playstations and PCs. Well, even like, you know, my, my partner is a huge fan of like, um, watching people play games and um, like Gab Smolders for inst- oh, yeah, yeah. instance is like a let's player and like just watching like the very much not the kind of games I would be personally drawn to but just like watching the fact that they exist and they are looking more fun and more pretty and more interesting yeah. than they've ever looked before like games that are sort of very in the Stardew Valley kind of style of yeah. gameplay loops of like you know build up your little base and oh, well, go Theo's, mining and stuff Theo is obsessed with Baldur's Gate at the moment oh, which yeah. we mentioned well, on this episode already but like more so my my field for sure yeah, <laughs> role playing yeah. yeah so many great games out there well that's all we have time for so we'll see you next Friday for another transmission from the Space Commanders goodbye Commander players. Bye.